Welcome to Red Carpet Retirement. This podcast is all about helping business owners and those in the entertainment and creative industries secure and protect their financial future. We provide educational stories and specific strategies so you can achieve the red carpet retirement you so richly deserve. Now here's your host, Adam Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Carpet Retirement. My name is Adam Scott and I'm joined today with my co-host Patrice. Hello, Patrice. Hello, Adam. Hi. And Patrice, before we kick off, because we are going to be talking a little bit about the markets today, I just want to give some disclosures, the kind of things we always have to do, that this is not meant to be investment advice today. Please talk to your own financial advisor or investment expert before taking any action. And also remember that indices are just a representative of what the markets do. They can't be invested in directly. And of course, markets can go up and markets can go down and stocks can go up and stocks can go down. So please invest with care before taking any action. And as I say, talk to your own experts. All right. We're looking at 2024 right now, Adam, the new year up and running. But I know you wanted to put some things in perspective, and that means taking a review of 2023. So did last year meet expectations? Well, Patrice, I think last year was the epitome of Yogi Berra's famous quip that making predictions is difficult especially about the future. (laughs) Leave it to Yogi. Yeah, because last year, for one of the first times in many years, if not a decade or two, market experts, Wall Street predicted that there would be a down year on the financial markets. Remember that this was coming out of 2022, and 2022 was a tough year, both for equities and for bonds. In fact, it was one of the worst years in history for a 60-40 portfolio. That's 60% stocks and 40% bonds. That a typical portfolio in 2022 was down 18% or more. Now, if you were all equities, you could have been down 27% in 2022. Wall Street was cautious coming into 2023. And one reason was, of course, because the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates. So Wall Street, as I said, almost to a person and (laughs) highly unusually predicted that 2023 would be a negative year too. And yet exactly the reverse happened, Patrice. As you know, we were up like 23% in 2023 or the S&P 500 was. But that's not before we did have some major bumps in the year. There were some there were some drops. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Patrice, just to put it in perspective for our audience today, we're going to put this into four parts. We're going to talk about a little bit more about what happened in 2023. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to talk about why it happened. And then we're going to talk about where we are now. And then we're going to predict the future like Yogi Berra warned us not to, (laughs) but we're going to try again. Well, tell me, where were we in 2023 and why? Right. I'm going to actually tell you about the predictions, okay? So where were we in 2023? So the predictions were that the market market would end at around 3,800, that the S&P 500 would end around 3,800. It actually ended at 4,800. 
769, right, on the S&P 500. You can see that that's like almost, I think it's like a 25% difference between where the experts thought the S&P would end up and where we actually did end up. So much for the experts, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a gain of actually 24.23%. Why were they so off? I won't say wrong, but why were they so off? Right. So, Patrice, can you remember what was going on at the end of uh, 2022? Darling, I can barely remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. As I mentioned, we had the Federal Reserve raising rates. And why was the Federal Re Reserve raising rates? Inflation. Because inflation, yeah. Inflation, if we remember in 2022, hit a high of 9% or over 9% that the Federal Reserve had been way behind the eight ball with their inflation expectations and predictions, right? A couple of years ago, they were saying that they didn't foresee, how can I put it? They were keeping interest rates low, even as inflation started creeping up. And they were saying that inflation was just due to supply bottlenecks. And that once the supply bottlenecks from COVID worked their way out, that inflation would drop. And so the Federal Reserve was waiting for that and they didn't raise interest rates. And then suddenly inflation roared to life peaking at 9%. So at the end of 2022, inflation was still high. The Federal Reserve, suddenly, they you know, very belatedly, they came to battle inflation and they were raising rates. I won't say that they were in the middle of raising rates, but they were drastically raising rates at the end of 2022. And indeed, they would go on to raise rates through 2023. So that's why the markets, one of the reasons why markets were gloomy. So the other thing that had uh, that was going on is that there was a yield curve inversion that as the Federal Reserve was pushing up short-term rates, they were going up above long-term rates. Eventually, short-term, the Fed funds rate that the Federal Reserve controls pushed up to 5.25% in middle of 2023. I think, believe it's what, where we still are now, 5.25%. That was way above the 10-year Treasury. You could lend money to the, to the federal government short term and get more a bigger return than if you left, lent money to the Federal Reserve long term. That's known as a yield curve inversion. Traditionally, that predicts a recession. And there have been concerns about a yield curve inversion even prior to COVID of, uh, I think it was May 2019. We had our first yield curve conversion. So a lot of the market economists have been like on tenterhooks waiting for a recession, even going back to, to then. Uh, and a yield curve inversion almost always predicts, um, predicts a recession. Yeah. In addition, the leading economic indicators were pointing dramatically downwards. And that's almost never happened without a recession happening. So for all of these reasons, the market participants, the Wall Street, the economists, uh, the analysts were predicting a recession. Oh, one other thing is that we had what's called an earning recession, that companies' earnings, which generally go up quarter over the long term, the company earnings have been dropping quarter over quarter. And if company earnings are declining, then and that means they're making less profits, and that generally causes their stock prices to go down. Mm -hmm. Now, jumping back to inflation too, you were saying 9%, and I believe that's correct. The Fed's target is 2%. That is a huge difference. And you're right, they were definitely behind when it came to fighting this. So the Fed funds rate, tell me about that. Right. So 
the Fed funds rate is what banks can, what they need to pay the Federal Reserve if they want to borrow money from the Federal Reserve overnight, if they want to park their money with the Federal Reserve. And the more that the Fed uh, pushes up those interest rates, the more it causes the economy to contract. And it causes all kinds of other interest rates in the economy to push up as well, mm -hmm. making it more and more expensive to borrow money. The Federal Reserve wants that to dampen demand because inflation is generally caused by excess demand. And the more that the Federal Reserve can push up interest rates and the more it costs us to borrow, the less we're inclined to borrow and the less demand there is. And that pulls down inflation. One bright spot there. If you are a saver, you've got right. better interest rates. Right. Absolutely. Looking at what happened in 2023, for despite all of this, that contrary to expectations, the market started the year off quite well in 2023. Maybe people were bargain hunting after mm -hmm. the markets had dropped so much in 2022. But then the Fed hiked rates again in February, causing the markets to sell off. Inflation actually did finally start dropping. Around June, it hit a two-year low, causing the markets to increase even more. And I think that people thought at this point that the Federal Reserve was going to start decreasing interest rates. However, they didn't. They started saying that we're going to have higher for longer, and that caused the markets to decline a bit. Meanwhile, and again, inflation still wasn't coming down, or it seemed like the, like the Federal Reserve wasn't going to bring interest rates down, even if inflation remained stable. So people started very, getting very concerned about that interest rates might stay higher for longer. And indeed, the US government was borrowing an awful lot of money or is borrowing an awful lot of money. And people started being concerned that people weren't going to want to lend to the US government without being paid a higher interest rate. As a result, the 10-year treasury, which is a kind of standard um, yardstick for how much it costs to borrow from the US government or how much it's costing the US government to borrow, the 10-year treasury, actually, the interest rate went above 5% in October, around October the 19th. If you wanted to lend money to the US Treasury for 10 years, you could get a 5% return. Now that seemed like a really good deal and people started buying bonds and started, you know, because people had been avoiding uh, some of these longer term bonds, but suddenly the idea that you could get a guaranteed 5% for 10 years seemed like a really good deal. But that meant that people were taking their money out of equities and putting them, started buying bonds, which actually caused the stock market to decline for a few mm -hmm. months. But then that all turned around, around <laughs> October, those long-term interest rates on the 10-year, they dropped to around 4%. So interest rates overall started coming down. The Fed started talking about the fact that they weren't going to increase interest rates anymore, that they even they started talking about the fact that inflation was starting to get under control and that they that the Fed said in 2024, they would start cutting interest rates. So that suddenly caused the equity markets to rise quite dramatically from around October to where we are to the end of the year and to where we are now and resulted in this, you know, whatever it is, 23, 24% year over year rise. Now, I know a lot of people were saying we would have what would be called a, a hard landing. The Fed's policy would give us a hard landing, which is not something you want in the economy. Does it look like, in your opinion, we are going to get that soft landing that so many people did not think we would get? Well, Patrice, I have to say that you're right, that um, 
if we didn't, if I didn't make this clear earlier, that one of the reasons why the markets, of course, were um, uh, why expectations for returns in 2023 were so muted, if not negative, was because people that Wall Street expected there to be a hard landing. A lot of people on Wall Street, a lot of the economists and the top fund managers thought that we would have a recession in 2023. I think something like 67% of market participants expected there to be a recession in 2023, which would be a hard landing. And miraculously, so far, it hasn't happened. Now, it's too early to say that it won't happen, but those same expectations now, I believe, are like in around the 30%. Uh, uh, you know, 33, 35% of market participants believe there may be a hard landing in this coming year. So for myself, I have to say, I was in the camp of thinking that in 2023, uh, that the economy may come into some trouble, that for the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates so dramatically, it's never happened before, it's never been done. Meanwhile, they're also running off their, their balance sheet that they are no longer buying treasuries, right, on their balance sheet, which which is like printing money. They're no longer printing more money, right? All this printing of money has led to these high asset prices. They're actually taking away money. You could say they're burning money. They're taking money out of the system now. So that started happening in 2023. Uh, actually started happening a bit before. But the fact that they're taking money out of the system and they're raising interest rates, I did think put the, uh, the economy... Uh, in a little bit of jeopardy and would cause inflation to decrease, but with the cost of having higher unemployment and lower demand. But that wasn't the case. And going into 2024, you, all of the projections are actually pretty <laughs> rosy. Doesn't mean I necessarily believe them, but they're quite rosy. So where do you see us now? Right. So one thing I talked about that earnings recession, well, company earnings, they've actually started growing again. And the predictions for GDP growth, uh, that's gross to domestic product growth, are around like you know, two to three percent over over the coming year, which is certainly for the last decade is actually pretty good. Um, you know, the unemployment rate is predicted to increase, but you know, not increase dramatically, not to go over say four percent or so. And inflation is back by some measures. Well, let's say it's coming rapidly under control. And that is, uh, well, the Fed does have two mandates, inflation, right. prices, I should say, and, and employment. So uh, should we say that the Fed seems to be doing its job? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one, Patrice. Yeah, the, the Fed... I have to say, I think there's there's been a certain amount of luck in it. And to say the Fed is doing its job, I'm glad that they were as aggressive as they were. Mm -hmm. I think they were really behind the eight ball in raising interest rates. They should have raised interest rates way sooner and maybe wouldn't have had that kind of inflation. They should never have decreased interest rates to the level they did during COVID when they when the the Fed funds rate was at zero for a long time. And they pushed the 10-year treasury down to... 0.5 percent right, right? right the very 10-year treasury that last year uh was giving you you could have got a five percent interest rate on it was only giving you 0.5 percent during covid because of what the fed was doing so it's difficult for me to praise chairman powell uh, right now 
And I think there'll be a little bit of luck, but we're also in a completely unknown territory to have so much money washing around the system that's been created by the Federal Reserve, but also by the spending in Congress. And meanwhile, you have certain things maybe keeping inflation down that in the past, if you had all this money and all this government spending, uh, like if you go back to the 1970s, getting rid of inflation was extremely difficult in the 1970s. And Paul Volcker had to you know, increase. Uh, interest rates were going up to 18% in, in the 1970s. And people feared that might happen this time. But I think that there's a few different things, but it may partly be that technology is really pushing down inflation. And uh, we're going to have things like, you know, chat GPT, not chat, I shouldn't say chat GPT. Um, well, I, I guess, you know, AI, yeah, right? AI, exactly. AI, exactly. it's already helping my business. It's helping productivity in my business. And it's going to help the productivity in every business, you know, right now. Oh, that was another thing, of course, that pushed up stocks in, in 2023 was the technology stocks being pushed up mm, definitely. by AI uh, and all the expectations around that. Maybe ebullience, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe too much enthusiasm around tech, tech stocks, but whether it's too much or not, a lot of that productivity will bleed into other industries as well. And so that could be good going forward for efficiency and earnings and stock prices. What do you see coming? What, what, do you, what would you like to see coming? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I like to see coming? Well, of course, I would, I would like to see the same, the same again. But I, what I would like to see coming is companies being profitable, because at the end of the day, companies being profitable and making money is what drives stock prices higher and in a rational way. That something that people I don't think always understand is that if you own a stock, the only reason to own a stock is because you're going to get a revenue stream from that stock. And if stock prices increase and that revenue stream doesn't increase, then it's just a matter of speculation. Uh, just one person's willing to pay another person more for that stock. It, it, you know, a bit like if you bought an apartment building and you're getting rents, really you're buying it to get the rental income. That should be why you're buying the apartment building, not because you're hoping it'll appreciate in value. Of course, sometimes it will, but the best way to appreciate in value is because the rental income goes up. That justifies the higher purchase price. Same thing with stocks. But what has happened, and really over a quite a long period of time, is people are paying more and more for a given stock for less and less income. So that, uh, and, and that's what's called the price earnings ratio. You know, people are paying a higher on higher price for the same or sometimes even less earnings. So the 25 year average for the price earnings on the S&P 500 is just over 16, it's just over 16. So 16.76%. Uh, but the price earnings ratio right now is at 17.83%. So it's a little bit elevated. It's, and the only way to justify it will be if earnings keep increasing. But if earnings don't increase, or if we have an earnings decline, uh, then that could cause stock prices to fall to fall back. When you ask what I want to see happen, I want to see those earnings remain stable or continue to increase. And that could be helped by productivity, technology helping that productivity, uh, moderating interest rates, all things you've been mentioning could possibly be a positive for the economy going forward. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. And the good, I say the good news, <laughs> looking forward at 2024, again, the Wall Street experts are predicting that earnings will keep going up. So as long as earnings keep going up, hopefully stock prices, uh, right, that will support current stock prices. It may cause the stock prices to increase, but it's possible that those expectations of increased earnings are already built into stock prices. Mm. So we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves in expecting or relying on some big stock market rally coming into this year. Do you have an opinion about the presidential election? Do you think that will impact the markets before November? Right. Well, Patrice, that's a really difficult one. The, what I would generally say is that People make some of their biggest investing mistakes around politics, that a president gets elected to office that you don't like and you think is going to be a disaster. And so you, you, know, you sell out of equities or you, increase, you decrease your equity stakes or you, you, know, you go to cash. And that has been a catastrophic thing to do pretty much throughout American history. The difference this time is the amount of turmoil. It's not like one person against the other uh, in terms of who would be better or worse for the economy and would that be terrible. I, I think it's just the state of um, what would concern me is any kind of civil discord around the election. But ultimately, I, I think that you know, 10 years from now, hopefully we'll look back on this time and it'll just be a blip on the radar in terms of the economy and uh, the stock market. We've been through rough times before. Right, right. Yeah, you look back at the Vietnam era and there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of civil strife around then. And yet you know, anybody who went to cash from in the 1960s to now would, <laughs> would be a lot worse off. <laughs> true, true, true. Adam, some really, really great thoughts in there. Is there anything you haven't mentioned that you'd like to before we wrap this up? No, Patrice, I, th I think that we've covered things pretty well. And um, I think one good news going forward for investors, one good piece of news is the fact that for conservative investors, for retirees, that bonds, which were a tough thing to hold really for the last decade, because they really were not they giving were much of a return. They, they yeah. were pathetic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the interest rate was so low on bonds and it had been pushed down by the Federal Reserve. And then we had the rise in interest rates in 2022 that pushed down bond values. And so conservative investors, retirees got really hammered with their bond portfolios. But now with the 10-year giving us about 4%, no longer giving us 5%, that means that's a benchmark for bonds. So a lot of bonds are giving you more than 4%. And it may be that over the next 10 years, you're going to get a nice return on your bond portfolio in a stable kind of way, So, which is the kind of role that bonds are meant to play in your portfolio. So the stock market may have a rough time over the next decade. I'm not predicting it will, but it could. Mm -hmm. But at least you know with your bonds, you're going to get a 4% return. And then one last thing, I do want to just touch on one small international thing. One fascinating thing is that if we look at China and we look at 10 years ago, I would say a lot of market experts and the world felt like China was was you know the roaring dragon and it was going to take over the world economically and put the US in the shade. Well, if you had invested in the Chinese technology sector 10 years ago, you have lost money. Whereas if you've invested in the US technology sector, yeah, 
you have made an awful lot of money over the last decade. So China is no longer the competitive threat that we once saw it as. Now, of course, those things can change because emerging markets, China, emerging markets, and the and the rest of the world has really lagged the US over the last decade. So generally, these things go in cycles. It will be interesting to see if over the next decade, the rest of the world plays catch up to the US. Well, we have to continue this conversation, Adam, because we didn't even get to the budget deficit the debt, anything like that. But that's right. another show. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, Patrice. And when we think about dangers um, for this yeah. going over the next decade or over uh, heading into 2024, will the stock market ever pay attention to the budget deficit? And the fact that uh, US interest payments have, I think, something like tripled as part of the budget, and that they're like the third or fourth biggest after Social Security, Medicare, and, and defense is now our interest payments. It's a big chunk of the budget. Yeah. As yeah. I said, that's another show. We really need to talk about that. But before yeah. we get to that, how can listeners reach you, Adam? Thanks, Patrice. So listeners uh, can go to our website, wellacrewealth.com, and they can contact us from there. And they can also contact us by calling us on 310-220-4946. 310-220-4946. All right, listeners, follow this podcast, Red Carpet Retirement, to make sure you know when the next show is ready for you. Contact Adam if you've got any ideas or questions and share the podcast with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wellacre Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content should not be considered as legal or tax advice, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and consult with your own legal and tax professionals before taking any action.